You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 71. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by squarespace.com. At the end of this episode, I'll be having a mini interview with Indiana Adams of Indiana Elsewhere to talk about her experiences with Squarespace. In addition, I'm going to be sharing how I will be selecting one listener who is listening to this episode to come on the show in two weeks and to give them two free years of Squarespace service. So stay tuned for that. This is the first sponsorship for The Lively Show, and it's designed to help you get to know more awesome founders, creatives, and listeners through these mini interviews, which I know so many of you love, and to give you more value in a way that is sustainable for us as a team to continue to grow and produce the show for you. If you're interested in reaching out for your own brand, please let me know. When I was an accessory designer with Jess LC, I did many advertisements and it really helped my business get out there to my target audience. So if that is something that you're interested in, please reach out to me. I look forward to hearing from you. In today's episode, we're speaking with Caroline Rector. Caroline Rector is someone you guys may remember from last season. She is a blogger with a fashion capsule wardrobe blog called Unfancy, which is un-fancy.com. Caroline has had a huge success with her blog over the last year. However, as of this morning, shared her decision to stop blogging for six months as she moves to Seattle with her husband. This was a big decision for her, And I'm so excited to share what's really going on with this decision. Caroline is going to share what she's learned from her experience with a capsule wardrobe, what she's learned from getting so quote unquote traditionally successful in such a short amount of time. And what's really, I think, perhaps most fascinating is learning about Caroline's first business. She was a photographer for several years focusing on the online space, and she did so with a very, very different approach than how she chose to approach Unfancy. She'll describe what she did before, how she behaved, and what she wanted out of her business before. And of course, she'll be sharing what she thinks might be next for her. Let's go to the show. Hey, Caroline, thank you for coming back to the show. Oh, Jess, thank you so much for having me again. We have become friends in the interim between (laughs) the first time and now. It's probably pretty lucky I live in Austin (laughs) and I've gotten to get to know you, but you're now going to be leaving us to Seattle, at least for a little bit. Yeah, just for a little bit, just six months. That's the plan. So before we get to Seattle, which obviously we're going to talk about, let's start with your background and quickly recap for those who might be new to you, who you are and how you got here. My name is Caroline. I started the blog Unfancy about a year ago, actually exactly a year ago. And my goal with it was just to kind of show women that it's possible to have really great style while having a smaller closet and not feeling the need to just constantly be shopping, constantly be buying more, because that's where I was. I was basically a shopaholic. I was addicted to shopping. I just kind of came to a point in life where I was like, I don't want to be spending all this time and all this money on shopping. Like, it's just not what I want to be spending my energy on, you know? And so I started living with the capsule wardrobe, which is basically just a mini wardrobe that kind of mixes and matches and just works for your daily life as it is right now. 
Was there a specific moment that sparked the fed upness you had with the way you were doing things? Definitely. (laughs) I was going shopping with my sister-in-law actually on Black Friday of 2013 and ended up just buying way too much stuff. I got home and it was just like, I don't even need this. Like, why did I buy this? What did you buy that you didn't need? Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Just like a million shirts and like jackets and just kind of needless stuff. It was just kind of repeats of what I had already bought. But for some reason, in kind of the heat of the frenzy, the heat of the sale, I was like, oh, I need this. I must need this. A lot of those listening have heard about you even from the show or just because your blog is so well known unfancy. So let's talk about what has recently happened on your blog as of yesterday with your announcement about Seattle and then your decision with blogging. I'm so excited. My husband and I are in just a really fun time of life right now. It wasn't really easy to get here. It took a lot of work and a lot of behind the scenes preparation and a lot of days going through the motions where we didn't feel like we were making any progress. But one of our biggest goals from the time that we got together was to experience living in different places. We kind of wanted to keep Austin as our home base because we love it so much and it's our home and our families are here. But we wanted to be able to spend like three months here, six months there, getting to experience a different city. After like years of saving and planning, (laughs) we are finally able to do it. And so on May 1st, we are pulling out of Austin (laughs) and we're headed up to Seattle for about six months and experience life there. And we're so excited. That is exciting. And it's been fun to watch you plan and prepare for this. Like you said, it has been a long time coming. How long did you guys actually take to prepare for this move? It was about two years for this move. We've always had the dream and it really took a backseat to life stuff when we got married. And I think we just kind of thought it would happen one day. Like we would wake up one morning and be like, oh, look, we have extra money in our bank account and we have extra time on our schedule. Let's just go today. <laughs> but that's, that's not real life. That's not what it was like. And so once we realized that, we were like, all right, well, we have to work towards this. This is just going to take time. I just think it's so easy for us to want things now. So it's hard to work towards the same goal for a couple of years just because you look at other people and they're doing things and you're like, why can't I make any progress? But you really are making progress. It's just slow and it's not Instagrammable. (laughs) So what did the progress look like for you day to day in those two years? It really like just, it was just the most boring thing. (laughs) It was daily life. It was daily working at our jobs and then just every paycheck, just putting back some money for it and trying to keep our goal in mind, trying not to go overboard with trips and stuff now because we're saving for Seattle. And so it just looked like a lot of boring daily stuff and a lot of kind of saying no to ourselves about spending money on certain things. But it was worth it. I mean, now here we are. And I mean, I I just can't believe it. I can't believe that we're here and we're leaving so soon. And it actually happened. And it's because you set out to make it happen with the steps you needed to take. You're right. It didn't just happen out of thin air. Let's talk about the decision you've made more recently about Seattle as a blogger. It's scary and it's hard for me to even like put it into words, but I've decided to take a break from blogging while we're in Seattle. That means about 
a six-month break, which is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Feels crazy. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, am I crazy? Maybe. But there are a couple of reasons behind it. One of them is when I started Unfancy, I knew it was going to be a shorter term thing. You know, like I I didn't think it was going to be like a super long term thing. I didn't have goals that you typically hear bloggers talking about like a book deal or a TV show or anything like that. I was really just sharing to share. I was really passionate about the message, but I told myself once this message is complete, I would step back. Because when a message is complete, there's usually another message that you need to give your attention to or something needs to grow or change because we're constantly evolving and things are constantly evolving. And so I didn't want to get stuck on this is how I do things and this is the way it's going to be. I wanted to be able to grow with it. So at the moment, I feel like the message of Unfancy Part 1, I guess, is complete. What is that message? It's funny, you might not expect it, but I think the main message is to explore and to play and kind of a message of like anything is possible and and you might surprise yourself because that's definitely what it was for me. When I started A Capsule Wardrobe, I wasn't super excited about the idea. It was more of a a measure of I need to get my spending problem under control, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I ended up really surprising myself and being like, I can actually do this. I can live with less and I'm happy. I'm actually happier. And so just the message of you might surprise yourself. Yeah. What you're saying is essentially that you feel like that message has been shared through your work in the last year on the blog. Yeah, I really do. I think it's really amazing and it's so unique because a lot of people try really hard to make it the way you have in blogging, let alone to leave it after just a year. To get that quote unquote traditionally successful and then to leave it within the first year. Both of those things are really unusual. What does it feel like to be the person making that decision given the two unusual things that have happened to you in this last year? It definitely, it feels weird. And like I said, I kind of will wake up some days and I'm like, is this crazy? But I think the answer just depends on what you call success. And for me, it's more about my personal life something that comes from a deeper place. I feel successful or like on top when I'm investing in myself spiritually and health-wise and in my face-to-face relationships. So I I had to kind of come back to that idea of what do I define success as? It's so vital because I think for a while I was really caught on, well, now this is good and now I have this and isn't it crazy to just give this up and to stop? Like nobody stops. We just always talk about like pushing harder and continuing. But I think I have a heart for, um, I don't even know how to say this without sounding lazy, I guess, but (laughs) I have a heart for rest and for slowing down. And I love being able to encourage people. If you need a break, take a break. If you need rest, rest. I don't know, like continually like pushing, pushing isn't necessarily always the answer. I think there can be a lot of value in slowing down. And for me, for my own personal experience, anytime I've slowed down, quote unquote, I always come back completely refreshed, totally revitalized and with a new kind of energy like what I've never experienced before. It takes an amount of trust and faith. But I think if you can trust that you're going to come back in a different way, like stronger and with a new kind of energy, then that's what it's all about. 
both of us have gone through this journey kind of simultaneously alongside one another. Yes. <laughs> Your decision to take this break happened around the same time, I would say, that I decided to take the break from season one to season two of the show. Even though my break looked like six or seven weeks and yours looks like six months, the journey <laughs> we went through to, it was pretty much the same. And is that what it was like for you too? The burnout and exhaustion of not loving it as much as you used to and sensing there's something wrong with that? I don't really think that I would characterize mine as like burnout, although I don't really know what else I would like describe it as. It was the right time, I guess. And maybe if I kept pushing through at this point, there would be some burnout going on. It feels to me like the right time, you know, like the chapter is complete. How did you know when the chapter was complete? Oh, goodness. It was so difficult. And actually, Jess, you helped me with this by doing one of the intention practices that you recommend. And basically, I just had to get really quiet with myself and ask myself, if this decision was completely up to me and nobody else, what would I say? Once I could quiet all the shoulds and everything else, it was so clear that I needed to just step back for a while. I'm not going to lie. Whenever I <laughs> realized that, <laughs> I didn't totally embrace it at first. I was like, great. All right. I'll do that in like a year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get around to that one day. <laughs> yeah, I'll get around to it one day. But then just working through it, talking with friends, with my husband, like it just became more clear that actually this is the right time. And with our move to Seattle coming up, it was actually kind of crazy how well the timing worked out with that. Yeah, absolutely. You did the writing exercise to get that clarity, right? After we had dinner that night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell everyone to do that writing exercise. It's awesome. <laughs> I know it'll be in the show notes. I feel like my message and my work in this world <laughs> more and more is just to help people access the wisdom they already have. What do you think Seattle's here to teach you, if you had to guess? I feel like it's going to end up being a lot more personal. You know what I mean? Like a lot less work stuff and more personal stuff. You know how like sometimes it just takes you a while to absorb the lessons that have come your way? Yeah, especially in your last year. It's been one heck of a ride. <laughs> yeah, it really has been. It, it totally morphed into something completely unexpected. And so I feel like there are a whole lot of lessons in there that I haven't cracked yet or, you know, unpacked or gotten to. I'm really excited about taking the time to kind of hear those lessons and actually absorb them. I think just some other lifestyle stuff, just personal journey things like learning to embrace adventure because I actually am a kind of a type A person. I love structure and organization and routine. And so I'm so excited, but there's a tiny bit of nerves there also. And so I'm excited to embrace that more on a day-to-day -day basis. There are two Carolines that people may not really know. They may know Caroline of Unfancy with a capsule wardrobe, but there was a different Caroline for many years when you were just out of school and being a photographer, a wedding photographer specifically. Mm -hmm. And we've talked personally about how you approached your work and your online persona and business back then and how you've approached Unfancy. And they're two very different approaches. So could you even imagine Caroline, the wedding photographer, what do you think she would say about Caroline of Unfancy and her decision to take six months off? I think she would say, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think she would say, hold on to like every ounce of success that you have in a not so healthy kind of way. <laughs> I think she would be constantly checking page views and worrying about success and am I the most popular and did someone unfollow me? And 
she would basically be a, a crazy bitch. <laughs> so she would go, you're crazy. Now, what would you want to tell Caroline, the photographer, knowing what you know now as Caroline of Unfancy? Oh, gosh. I would just say, calm down, first of all. And I would say... <laughs> Success isn't what you think it is. It's a much more personal thing than, you know, who follows you or who doesn't. And I would just say, look around and enjoy your life as it is now. Goals are incredible and goals push us to do great things, but we just have to remember our core. Success isn't the reason why we're on the earth. Where was the transition from Caroline the photographer to Caroline of Unfancy? I think it was in a way, being faced with, you know, quote unquote, success. Success is different for every person. For me, Unfancy got more popular than I expected and more focus on Unfancy than I'd ever seen before. And whenever I was a photographer, I think I wanted that level of success. So experiencing that in my own life, it just kind of taught me it's actually not what it's all about. It's not the most fulfilling thing. Whenever I get quiet with myself and ask, where do I find fulfillment? It was never in page views or followers, even when all of a sudden I had those things. That wasn't where the significance in my life came from. I was surprised to learn that because I think I sought after a certain level of success in my photography business. And I thought, oh, well, that's where it's at. And when I get there, I'll be happy. You know, that kind of idea of whenever we get a certain thing or whenever we reach a certain point, like then we'll be happy. I call them shiny pennies. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's so true. But happiness is here now. So you and I spoke in the one of the keynotes for Texas Style Council. And the first keynote of the whole camp was with the blog ass. Do you remember her presentation at the dinner? Yes. She said, the person you are now is the person you'll be when you're on the stage. So if you're happy sitting in the crowd now, you'll be happy when you're sitting in the chair on the stage. And if you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy when you're sitting on the chair on the stage. As someone who has had that experience in your life, do you feel like that's been true for you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Nothing else is going to make you happier or unhappier than you decide that you're going to be right now. Do you think that you got happier before you started on Fancy or was that process happening as you started it or after you started it? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> it makes me think. <laughs> I definitely experienced a level of freedom whenever I laid down the camera and stopped being a photographer. Again, kind of how I mentioned, like unpacking those lessons later, I definitely went through a time period where I was unpacking those lessons from photography. And I think that's where it started. But I still think, I mean, I, I'm still in the process of becoming fully who I am right now and being happy and confident in the person that I am now. So it's kind of a process. I would say a lot of it happened at the beginning of Unfancy, I guess, if I had to pinpoint a time. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, myself included, might be wondering what your thoughts are on whether or not you think unfancy success came from the fact that you weren't tying significance to it and you weren't chasing it the way you did the photography business. I think so in a way, because it allowed me to just kind of let go. Everybody is always telling you to be successful. You need to do this or don't do this or that kind of thing. You know, you can look around and like find a lot of like rules of success. But because I kind of let go of that and was like, 
actually, this is successful because I believe in it, you know, like even from day one, it was whether it became a well-read blog or not, I was convinced that it was successful simply because it was an extension of who I actually am. It wasn't filtered through these rules of success. It was just flowing freely like who I am. Yeah. And I know we've also talked about the timing and the fact that you filled a gap. Do you feel like there's something there as well? Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the timing played a huge role in that. And you made a big point. I think that this is something for anyone else that really admires your success in the blog world that might really benefit from hearing your thoughts on the fact that you didn't start the blog to replicate what had already been done. Mm-hmm. How did you make sure you weren't doing what had already been done? Because I think a lot of people, especially in the fashion blog world, might think, I think it's all been done before. How did you avoid that? It's so funny because... I've been kind of reminiscing on Unfancy recently, and I was laughing because I remember in my early days, I felt like I needed to get a pair of those Valentino Rockstead heels because, like, that's what every fashion blogger wore. And I was like, oh, I must, I need that to be a fashion blogger. But I think because I pushed so hard for success in my photography business, because I kind of wanted that validation. It made it easier for me to approach Unfancy from a more healthy place. Why was it easier? Because I could easily imagine it would seem maybe easier to keep pushing because that's what you're used to. I was very aware, like very aware. I remember writing journal entries about it and just how I was so thankful for what I had learned in photography and that after I quit photography, like I learned it's not your success that gives your life meaning the external success. Right. Yes. Yeah. I remember being so careful when I started Unfancy to check my heart, to check my motivations. Why am I doing this? Am I doing this for the right reasons? Is it for me or is it for likes? I was unhappy a lot when I was a photographer because I kept striving for what other people had. So I didn't want to return to that unhappiness. And I can say as someone who's been your friend now, genuinely, I can attest to you not on a camera or not on a stage or not listening and speaking to people through a podcast that you are not of the attention that people are giving you with this. You genuinely aren't. If anything, I would say you've shared challenges with feeling more uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with it. And I know that at one point, at least you shared to me that you were more comfortable with the chase of success as a photographer than you were having success without chasing it with Unfancy. Do you mind going into that? Is that okay if I (laughs) pull that out from a personal conversation? It's kind of like that story of the underdog. Everybody loves the underdog. And so I think that I kept thinking of myself as the underdog. There's also something very cut and dry and safe, I guess. And I mean safe in a good way about going for your goals. If you know you wake up and you have these certain goals that you want to check off your list and you're working towards those, there is a definite feeling of progress. Seattle's a great example. Yeah, it is. Yes. It's funny because I feel like with Seattle, the progress seemed so slow at at times. And I think that was what it was about photography. That chase that you mentioned that I liked was that it seemed like I could see the progress. You know, it wasn't super long-term projects. It was short-term projects that I could be like, I want to do this and okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. What was it like living without that feeling with unfancy? It just didn't fit my personality quite as well because I enjoyed those check-offable tasks, you know? And you didn't have them with unfancy at all? I did, but in a different way. 
it kind of came together. I don't want to say effortlessly, but a lot of things just came together at the right time and just worked. And so there wasn't necessarily that goal of, oh, I'm going to get published in this magazine kind of thing. You were doing the work that needed to be done without the external expectations of what that work would bring to drive you. Exactly. Yes. What would you want to share with your readers or even the listeners here that may not be your blog readers about your decision to leave the blog? I'm sure some of them might be sad that you're going to be away. What do you want to tell them? This is sort of a little bunny trail, but I kind of also wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about the reasoning behind it, because I I feel like a lot of people will understand this. For me, I am getting to a point where I'm ready to spend less energy on clothes. And it's interesting because I knew whenever I found the whole capsule wardrobe idea, I was like, this is going to revolutionize my closet and I'll find my style. I'll stop shopping impulsively and this will be amazing. I'll just be able to spend less time on clothes in general. And so then whenever I had the idea to start on fancy, I knew that that was going to kind of contradict that for a little while. I knew that the goal was to spend less time on my closet, but actually because I'm blogging about it, you know, I'm going to be creating graphics and taking pictures and I'm going to be spending more time technically on my closet. But I wanted to do that for a time because I was so excited to share this idea. So now I'm just really ready to like take a step back and spend a little bit less time focusing on my clothes co-capsule creators (laughs) out there, do you hope that they too find a way to spend less time on their clothes? Or what are your hopes for those who are also on this journey of the capsule wardrobe? That's such a good question. I think for everybody, like we're all on our own journey. It's going to look different for everybody. If one thing I hope, I just, I hope that people just play with the idea. And I hope that it's something that serves as a reminder that we can challenge ourselves to do things that are difficult. I I know it may sound so silly because I'm talking about clothes here. It's like, come on, like, really, is it that hard for you to not shop? But for me, it was. So for anyone out there who feels the same way that it's kind of hard to stop thinking about clothes, I hope that it can just serve as a reminder to just try it because you might surprise yourself. And what you're really saying, I think there's this theme here in this conversation Clothes was a big focal point in your life before, and it was not serving your life. Right. (laughs) You found that through this experiment, you were able to let go of a lot of the needs and wants you had around it and found that by letting go of a lot of stuff, you actually had more freedom and joy. Yes. With that freedom and joy, it allows you to focus on other things in your life, aka going to Seattle and not thinking about your clothes anymore. Yeah. So As someone who is walking this path, I think you taking this break is the most eloquent example of someone who learns from this and moves on in their lives. You may not be forever, and I don't know if you're going to come back in six months and be the expert on capsule wardrobes, or if you're (laughs) going to come back, and I want to ask you that question, by the way, but even if you don't come back with capsule wardrobes as your mission, you could be someone on this journey that is sharing what it really is like a full life cycle of someone who goes through this pain point finds a way to heal themselves and moves on with the rest of their life. Yeah. So now I have to ask that first question. (laughs) Do you think at this point you're going to come back and talk about capsule wardrobes when you come back to Austin? It's so hard to know. And I've 
been asking myself that question a ton because, you know, it's just human nature to want to know like what's next. And I'm dying to figure that out for myself. But I honestly, I don't know. I think that whenever I come back, I know things will be different. I may have a different focus point or something like that. I'm not quite exactly sure yet (laughs) what that means. Capsule wardrobes for the pantry. <laughs> I don't know. Just do, do other capsules in other areas of your life. Seriously. Capsule wardrobe decorating. Capsule wardrobe dogs. I don't even know. <laughs> we'll see. I, I truly don't know. It's hard for me, you know, like the monkey bars, like leave one rung without the other rung right there. But I know it'll come. Before we wrap, I really want to share something that came up during our keynote together. Someone asked, so we've been talking about taking a break when you need one, but someone shared, Mm -hmm. you know, what if you don't have a partner and you're single and you're supporting yourself or you're supporting a family and you feel like you want to take the break, but you don't think you can, what would you say to that person? So it just reminds me a lot of my time as a photographer because I was the single lady, like working myself through life and um, was responsible for supporting myself. So I understand that feeling. Whenever I needed a break in photography, like one of the biggest things that I did was work it in in really small ways, which may not sound like all that sexy. (laughs) Yeah, great or sexy. But the little breaks, you know, like if I could take an afternoon off or, you know, like every Thursday afternoon, I'm going to take off. If I knew that that break was coming, it made the rest of the whole week easier. But then also for bigger breaks, it's kind of similar to our Seattle journey. Small change over time equals big change. And so if you can, you know, save like 20 bucks a month or something like that, in a year or two, you're going to have enough to, you know, take off like two weeks or a month or whatever that looks like for you. A lot of it takes time and that's not the the sexy answer that everybody wants, but anything is possible with time. Yes. And I can also speak to my own journey with this as well, as far as taking breaks when you need them. First of all, there is one thing to take breaks with income generating projects. And there's another to take breaks from projects that may end up leading to paid projects, but you're doing for free like I was with the show for the whole season one. And it can feel like you have to keep providing free content in order to keep the other paid stuff going or whatever. But depending on your situation, that may be true or it may not. For me, I had this limiting belief that I did have to keep going and couldn't take the break, even though my income came from my class and is in big waves and is more seasonal. So that was a limiting belief I had to break. And then there's the fear that, well, if you stop, then they won't come back. Right. Like they won't be there. And I can't answer that for everyone, but I do believe that if you're taking a break based on your intuition's guidance, it is not leading you astray. So whether or not people leave or don't, it's still in your best interest to listen to your intuition rather than the fearful voice that's telling you to be scared and to not take that risk and not to really listen to that voice. And then last, I would like to say, I was someone who said there is no possible way (laughs) I could get help even though I had the money and I had the ability to get help with my show that took so much of my time, especially the editing process. And I was like, no, it has to be me. And yes, I still do edit every episode, but I also realized I could have help with that editing that could save me hours of time and in other areas of my process as well. And that was a huge relief to finally get help in that area too. So that helps build in more downtime and more reflection time and more time for the deeper projects that my heart is calling me to take. So 
for anyone else out there that's listening who beyond what you've shared, which is the mini breaks, has these other circumstances to think about, I hope that might be helpful too. Completely agree with you. It's perfect. So what doubts or resistance are you facing as you move to Seattle, if any at all? So really, we are just beside ourselves with excitement. I feel like as we get closer, you know, it becomes less of the dream and more of the day-to-day, like, okay, we need to sign this paper and go get it notarized and go get a post office box and go, you know, like it becomes little errands instead of this grand dream. And so one thing that I'm really challenging myself to do right now is continue to see it as the dream because I hate admitting this, but I have a tendency to let the little errandy day-to-day things kind of take away from the dream, I guess. And so that's definitely one big belief that I'm trying to free myself of is this idea that the errands are negative and they're not the dream. They're a part of the dream. And so I want to accept the entire dream and see it as the dream. I feel like I just won the award for the amount of time you can say the dream in like (laughs) like five seconds. (laughs) That's beautiful. I really like that. So thoughtful, Caroline. That is so thoughtful because... Well, here's a question. How do you keep the dream alive when the errands creep in? Hmm. So for me, this is a nerd answer, but I love journaling. And I feel like journaling often kind of gives me that clarity. Because whenever I come to write something, my thoughts during the day might be like, oh, I have to go do these errands or something like that. But when I come sit down to journal, that's not really what I want to write. I want to write more about how I'm feeling and how the vision is going. Something that whenever I read it years from now, I'm going to be reminded of what it feels like right now to be in this. And so I think kind of giving myself that time, that sort of quiet time to adjust the way that I see things has been really vital because it's like I can either treat it as, oh, this is a burden or, oh, this is a part of the adventure. So it's just kind of like taking the time. It doesn't, you don't even have to be journaling, but just taking the time to see it as a part of the adventure instead of as a burden. So what would you tell someone who is just starting out on this journey? I think I would just say that life is definitely more of an experiment than we think. You know, we think things are so serious and so yes or no, or this experience or that experience, but life can just be sort of a grand experiment if you let it be. And it's like everything that you do is going to teach you something And so embracing that, embracing those experiences for the lesson and for what you might learn and for how it might change you is just so important and kind of like letting go a little bit and not taking it so seriously and just sort of living in that place of possibility. I love that. That's so beautiful. Caroline, (laughs) thank you so much for sharing with us. And I hope your trip is amazing. I'm sure we'll be in touch, but, but for everyone else listening and all of your readers that have been following on this journey, thank you so much for sharing your light with us. I think that you have walked this walk so beautifully and gracefully throughout this last year. And I wish you the best. Thank you so much, Jess. And there you have it. Thank you, Caroline, so much for coming on the show. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to send Caroline a message, she is on Instagram at Caroline underscore joy. And you can find me on Instagram as well at Jess C is in cat lively. We have created a free printable for you as well. So if you're looking for a little inspiration 
Feel free to go to jesslavey.com slash carolinerector2 to get a download of the quote, nothing is going to make you happier than you decide to be right now. Now let's talk with Indiana Adams with today's sponsor mini interview with squarespace.com. I'll also be sharing at the end of this little interview how I'm picking someone listening to the show right now for an upcoming mini interview in two weeks. Then I'll also give you a heads up for what's coming up on the show next week. Hey, Indiana, thank you for coming on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Indiana Adams, and I have a blog called Indiana Elsewhere. I live in Atlanta. I am a mom to three kids ages four and under. (laughs) (laughs) And I am married and I have a dog. Let's talk about Indiana Elsewhere. What's it about and how did you get started? I have been writing in a space online since 1999. The blog that got really popular was called Adored Austin. It was a daily lifestyle fashion blog, and I was based in Austin, Texas. But I recently moved to Atlanta, Georgia, so I had to rebrand my site. And I renamed it Indiana Elsewhere because I'm Indiana and I live elsewhere, but (laughs) I also don't live in Indiana. Do people get confused and expect you to live in Indiana? They do. Or sometimes I'll get a lot of emails addressed to Indiana Jones. (laughs) And I think, should I forward this to Harrison Ford? (laughs) Before using Squarespace, which I know you use, what was it like to make those updates? I got to beta test for Blogger and I was on there since 1999. And I also ran my personal site for acting off of WordPress. So I have experience on both of those platforms. And both of them were kind of just hard to use. WordPress always had to get updated. Blogger just didn't look as nice as I wanted it to look. So I learned about Squarespace. My designer who does, did my logo recommended that I switch it over. And I switched it over myself. You did it yourself? I did it myself. I don't have a computer background or anything like that. It's so easy. I run the Texas Style Council site off of Squarespace. And I have two new projects that I'm building out that will also be on Squarespace. So what do you love about Squarespace the most? The customer service is just incredible. The Texas Style Council site went down once and I was like, oh no, this is the day that sponsorship is launching. (laughs) It cannot be down today of all days. And so I sent a a little note just to customer service like, please help, help me. I, I need my site back online. And within 30 minutes, someone had sent me an email and said, you know, it's not our problem. It's your server's issue. And then they took the time to make a video of how I can log into my server to check to see if the server was working on my end. That's awesome. So what would you tell people that are thinking about building a new blog or website? Squarespace is the only way to go, especially if you are a blogger, especially if you're a photographer. They have really beautiful templates. If you are having a wedding, if you sell goods, you don't need to use any other platform. They are big in commerce. Well, I'm pretty excited because Squarespace is offering listeners 10% off by going to squarespace.com slash lively and entering the code lively at checkout. They also have a two-week program going on where you can get two weeks for free just to try it out and see what it's like. So you can basically make your website and see if it's as good as you like. And if you don't, you're off the hook. And Squarespace is sponsoring another show two weeks from now. I'm going to be picking from one of the lively show listeners. So if you have a Squarespace site or you decide to create one this week, 
please send me your website URL at jess at jesslively.com with Squarespace in your subject line. If you send me your link and I like it and I choose you to be the next person on the show for this sponsor spot, you will get two free years of service and your story, just like Indiana's here, will go out to thousands of listeners. So it's great promotional for you. You get two free years of service. So if you're interested, please send me your website URL by April 30th, 2015. Sounds amazing. Indiana, you're awesome. Your site is awesome. And I really appreciate your time. (laughs) Thanks for having me. And now for the sneak peek. Next week, we are speaking with Crystal Palachek, the founder of Rue Magazine, which is RueMag.com. We'll start by talking about her unexpected experience with pregnancy, which really turns into a story about perfectionism and grace. Stay tuned. Until then, may something wonderful happen to you today.